Live stream. Let's see if I, I want to stop live stream now. Hold on. And now we are live. Uh, welcome, Dr. Bernardo. And we have a guest here, special guest, uh, Larry Zacharis. Zacharis or Zacharisi? It depends on which uh, part of Italy you're talking about. Right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I'll let you do, Larry, a little bit of an int introduction. Uh, we uh, often have leaders from education here, although we've had leaders from military here as well. And we love ha having a diverse group of leaders coming from all aspects of life. And I'll let you talk about your background. We talked offline a little bit. We synced up and, and I think had some synergy uh, just right out of the gate. But uh, we want to get into your leadership style, what, you, what leadership means to you, especially uh, contextually with what's gone on with COVID and how our world has been changed upside down in response to that. Uh, Rich, welcome. Larry, quick introduction, and, and we'll get right into the, uh, I'm sure, a wonderful conversation. So uh, thanks for having me, both of you. Um, my name is Larry Zacharis. I'm the, uh, the interim chief of police and assistant vice president for campus safety at Stonebrook University, uh, where I also happen to be on the faculty for the last uh, six or seven years in the School of Professional Development, the graduate school. Uh, I teach uh, crisis management in higher education and legal issues in, in higher education. But I'm in my uh, 28th year of uh, public sector uh, emergency service as a uh, Law enforcement executive, paramedic. Um, I'm an attorney, uh, consultant. I do a couple of different things. So, uh, looking forward to speaking with you guys. Yeah, and if anybody missed that diverse background that you had, that's pretty. You're in a pretty unique breed to be able to serve on multiple levels. Uh, that's it's a pretty cool thing, and I think unique experience for sure. Uh, I've met a lot of folks in my life, and that's a pretty unique experience. So, kudos to you on that. So. So, Larry, just uh, let's get into a little bit of uh, this, uh, especially at the university level. We've seen this. It's, uh, COVID has affected the world in general and the adjustments we've had to make. I don't think anybody could have foreseen. Uh, you see some short term things that you knew we had to handle right away. But the way it's evolved and manifested and has been prolonged. Right. It's it's really had made us uh, look at leadership in a very different way. So what are some of those different approaches or ways you look at things from a university perspective, from a chief of police perspective? Um, and just so everybody knows this too, chief of police, uh, I, and I hate to say this because some people think university, it's different police than other, it, it's police. Police are police, no matter where you go, right? So just... Uh, uh, to get that sort of stereotype or con ne negative, or positive, whatever it is, connotation out there. Uh, police are police, and they're all, it doesn't matter where, what area you're in, uh, Brooklyn, Queens, uh, Suffolk, Stony Brook University, it's all police. So let me just get that out of the way as well. So what are your thoughts on that piece, and how have you sort of adapted and adjusted? Yeah, I, 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 thanks for, for, that, um, for that intro and that good segue. So, I mean, you know, we... Uh, I've been in the uh, in this interim role since August, but I've been here in, the, in this department since 2009. Uh, initially, coming as the director of emergency management, uh, in, in a brand new role uh, post Virginia Tech in 2007. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, my role in higher ed as an emergency manager and as someone who was initially focused on that, but being in the police department is very unique. It's certainly unique um, throughout the SUNY system for sure. Uh, and as you mentioned, you know, we are a, a fully accredited New York State, uh, you know, law enforcement agency. Um, we have uh, 285 people in this department. We do everything from buses and parking enforcement and law enforcement and detectives and everything else in between. Uh, so emergency management was my main focus when I came. And I arrived in 2009 just as the, the last pandemic we had when we had H1N1. So many of the, uh, the plans that we had in place uh, and a lot of the infrastructure that we built building a very robust uh, emergency management program was what we, you know, dusted the plans off, as they say, and, and prepared for, for COVID, but very quickly realized that um, not just from the disease entity itself and also from the fact that there's no vaccine, uh, there wasn't at the time, and uh, was a much different approach, but very quickly realized that we were dealing with something that was going to be um, almost unlike anything we've seen, certainly in 100 years, you know, it's a 100, 100 year pandemic, um, and the university was thrust really into the forefront uh, as, as a university that has a normal population of you know, 50,000 people uh, and an academic medical center in the, you know, the county's um, you know, um, level one trauma center and a really a, a forefront from the healthcare sector as well. Are, are you seeing, just curious on this too, like as far as adjustments go, there were so many cuts in higher education. Are you seeing that? with such an essential area. Are you seeing that too? I'm just curious. So we're um, sort of preparing for what we don't really know. Um, you know, the New York state budget and the, the county budget, everyone's budget. Um, the, the COVID woes are uh, sort of like the specter that's hanging over every day. You know, we, we've seen some cuts over the, over the last uh, several years. Um, we don't know what the actual numbers will be. We know that there will definitely be cuts. Um, but luckily so far we've been able to maintain from a personnel perspective and just from a, an everyday operating budgetary perspective, um, we're okay. But, but we know that once the state budget is finalized, um, there's definitely going to be cuts for sure. And Larry, if you could explain, like you, you it seems like you wear so many hats. We, we've had um, Dr. Uh, Gateau on here too, which you probably deal with a lot. And he is similar in that he wears so many different hats like you do. So how, how do you, how would you describe like your leadership style and how you sort of handle so? And listen, if you're a leader, you're handling multiple things at once, but I think you're in a unique position that you wear multiple hats just in the one role you're in. Like, how do you, how do you, what strategies can you use or what do you sort of subscribe to on a daily basis to say, this is my go-to, this is what I need to do in order to survive as a leader, but also work with my team. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think to me, the number one quality um, is credibility and, and, and being able to um, be believed and be trusted. And I think for me, you know, my very background, you know, my wife jokes around and says, uh, you know, it's 11 years in a pandemic uh, it took to really be, you know, the, the hub and the, and the big wheel of, and the spokes that are around it. But um, I joked around and Rick and I are, are great friends and colleagues um, and on one of the first podcasts that we did, uh, we talked about, you know, I joked around and quipped that I've been preparing my whole life for this. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, in reality, I, I have been uh, because the, you know, everything that I've done, uh, my formal education, my uh, professional training and all of the networks and connections in the various fields 
they all came to bear. Uh, and I was able to really leverage those internally here at the university, at the town level, at the county level, at the state level, and at the federal level. My, my former colleagues from the NYPD, my colleagues in the fire and emergency medical service world, I mean, having those relationships 100% positioned us to be as successful as we were. And we're one of the very few SUNY schools that, that opened and stayed open um, when many, many people said it couldn't be done. But we just last Friday, we did it. We got to the end of the semester and very proud to have done that. That's, that's awesome. Rich, I want to let you chime in in a sec. Um, there's Someone said to me once that there's a saying, jack of all trades, master of none, right? And uh, I, like you, really don't say uh, no to any opportunities and have, as we explained, a pretty diverse background, different than yours, but I've done, you name it, I've done it, I've tried it. Um, and uh, my thought on the jack of all trades, master of none is exactly what seems like it happened to you and it's happened to me in many instances as well. While you may not master everything, you can master, still master multiple things, number one. And the biggest thing that comes out of that in, as far as leadership for me that has come out of it is that you get this, you can do things on a granular level, on a micro level, but you could also see really well at a macro level how things intertwine and interrelate and how people are and uh, the relationships. So I think that's a huge benefit to having your hands in so many different uh, areas, right? It, yeah, it's so accurate. And you know, it's funny because, you know, like people say, oh, yeah, he's a cop, you know, what does he know about public health? Or what does he know? You know, and I, yeah, that's true. I, and I know I could talk a lot about that. I, I could talk a lot about public health. I could talk about uh, healthcare. I could talk about education. I can talk about how all those things come together. And this really, from a, from a, you know, we went from, from response uh, to the initial, you know, welcoming students back from study abroad programs and setting up isolation and quarantine space and then decanting our campus and, and getting our, you know, essential workers back to campus, but everyone else home and, and then winding down the semester and then academic planning. And we, I mean, it's just such, such an evolving situation. Um, and I was able to pull, you know, the nuggets of experience from all the different places to, to bring it in. And, you know, people refer to me as the, the COVID Oz, uh, not my impression, somebody else's, but yeah. that's really what it was like, a, like a conductor of an orchestra for the last, you know, nine months. Great Rich. analogy. Rich. Great, and a great metaphor analogy, whichever the right word is. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I can go about 15 different directions and throw my fingers across. Al knows when I cross my fingers, I'm trying to remember different things I want to say. But the last thing that Alan, you just brought up, uh, I'm going to work with the last first for a second and say, yeah, jack of all trades. Okay. And you know, lots of different experiences. You know, there's content of leadership of anything for that. There's content, like, you know, public health, you know, p policing and so forth. That's the content of that. But the skills and the themes of leadership that cut, uh, cut across all of those. And so you have many muscles that, you know, they, that you kick into when, when you need to kick into them. I, the first thing I wrote down when you, were, when you started this uh, talk a few minutes ago was uh, the situational leadership. Um, I'm not a theorist, but I have a habit of going back to theories when, I, when, when we first start these podcasts. Um, situational, and you just said it a minute ago too, for that matter. The situation of leadership may, may have kick-started you in this particular uh, situation, and that's too, uh, not, not strong enough of a word, I think, to use. Uh, but what you did then was you plugged into that array of skills that you had that, oh, by the way, 
happened to cut across or deeper into different content areas. So you integrated a lot of things and you may not have said, oh, hey, I'm integrating, but that's exactly what you were doing. And it speaks well for you for the nimbleness of, of um, what you had to pull into place. Something else I want for you for your comment. Uh, I, I'm fairly new to Sony Brook as an adjunct, three or four years now, I guess. Uh, and a habit of uh, all the different places I've been an adjunct, I have a habit of not reading a lot of the emails that come from, come from the administration. I haven't got the patience for a lot of them. Uh, but I do read the emails that come out about how this, the university, Sony Brook University, is uh, um, handling, again, a bit terrible verb, uh, the crisis. And I have to tell you that, not having met you before you know, 20 minutes ago, I was really impressed with the, with the, the depth and what you just said and the, and, the, and the breath as these things cut across and intersect with each other, of how uh, the university, led by you, and I'm sure in tandem with some other folks who uh, assist you, or hit listen to you, um, have integrated uh, a whole, a, with a W, whole scale um, approach so that there aren't too many things that seem to have gotten, or maybe nothing has, that I'm aware of at least has gotten past you. Now the word I'm gonna use, and Al's gonna laugh when I use the word, I can even let Al tell you what the word's gonna be in a second, uh, is uh, what I, a word I use a lot is futuring, it's a noun, it's a verb, it's a gerund, whatever you want to do with it. But it's really about foresight and about having the capacity to, to, uh, to plan for things. And my own personal opinion is that school systems, K-12 world, has a checkered record in terms of its capacity to deal with the, uh, with the current crisis. Um, too many stories to tell in a podcast. Uh, and then again, I've heard some good stories, too. But it sounds to me as though, uh, as you said before, you created the infrastructure, you dusted off the infrastructure. Maybe you want to comment on that. And then you reworked, the, uh, you reworked those strategies to uh, drop into plan B, to uh, keep the people at Stony Brook, uh, the students and the staff safe. So it's not really a question, it's a statement. Yeah, uh, no. Take it any way you want. So, so Larry, let me let me phrase that in the question, all right? Because, and I think you probably could do it either way. But one of my favorite movies is one is Spider Man, the original Spider Man. And in Spider Man, there's a scene where he first starts getting his abilities, and uh, someone throws a punch at him, and everything kind of slows down, and he immediately knows how to back away because everything slows slows down, and he's able to see what's in front of him, like sort of internally slowing things down. So how do you as a leader slow things down for yourself and for all those around you in, in what is really a panic or could be a panic with, you know, they're worried about themselves, they're worried about their families, they're worried about their student that's at another college, whatever it is at work. How do you slow things down? And like Rich is saying, make sure that you're futuring and, and not just worried about the moment, but what's, co what's coming down the pike. How do you do that as a leader? You know, the, 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 the most important word out of the, of the whole um, previous statement was is nimble. And, and we have, we relied on it early on. So let me just back up. The only reason we're successful is because of what I said originally is credibility. And I had credibility under our former interim president, uh, Michael Bernstein, uh, and with our, our, our current president, Dr. Martin McInnes, who realized that this was not... Um, an academic exercise. This was not just a, 
an emergency. This was a global exercise where the 50,000 foot level was just as important as the micro level. And they needed someone that could insert into various things. You know, I, I, on average, I'm, and you can tell by my background, I probably work 80 to 90 hours a week. I have since I'm 13 years old, I'm just driven. Uh, and I love what I do. I, I'm, I'm very much uh, engaged and I take my job very serious, maybe almost too serious, at, at the, but in a pandemic, there's no such thing as too serious. So being able to do that and, and leading from the front, which is, which is definitely my leadership style and, and being empathetic. And, and being able to understand and listen, uh, knowing when it's time to take the lead, knowing when it's time to let back on the reins a little bit and to direct groups. Like I, again, that, that hub and spoke model, if you looked at my calendar for the last eight months, I mean, every committee, every, we had you know, a, research, a return to research group, a return to work group, a health and safety group, uh, a PPE planning group, all of these, and I would be on every single meeting even if it was for 20 or 30 minutes to pop in um, where my day began at 7 a.m. and didn't end sometimes till 7, 8 o'clock at night. But that's what it took. And it, that's how every other group was empowered to be able to do the, the, the finite work that they needed to do. And I can just kind of mold and shape and be the glue that held it all together. Um, a lot of late night phone calls, uh, a lot of stress and a lot of just letting people cry on the shoulder, literally and figuratively. Um, and that's what it took. And I, you know, I haven't had a day off since Valentine's day. Um, next Monday is, is my first day off planned because we made it through the semester. Uh, but I wouldn't change it for a thing. I wouldn't change anything that we did. We got a lot of luck, a lot of hard work and a lot of sweat equity went into it, but man, we had some real smart people around a lot of tables. Uh, and we, you know, to Richard's point, I won't say anything about K to 12, but I have a, I have four kids, two very older kids. I have a daughter who's a freshman in St. Anthony's has been in school five days a week. And I have a 12 year old middle schooler who's not in school five days a week. And there's a, a, a vast difference there. Got that right. Yeah. You know, I have a new term. We're going to write a paper about the three of us. All right. And Anthony, Al knows I always say this too. There's always a paper or research, something we could write together. When any, there's a dissertation to that. There's yep. a dissertation. And here it is. And here's the word situational empowerment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I loved the, the, the trust, the credibility, the trust yeah. leads to that situational empowerment. And I really loved what you said, a lot of what you said, but uh, particularly that, that last piece, because it seems like you really do focus on uh, that trust piece, that credibility. Uh, people are not going to cry on your shoulder if they don't feel comfortable enough to cry on your shoulder. Right. So that just speaks to who you are as a person and as a leader uh, for sure. Um, so uh, Rick, I, I, I could, we could stay out with you all day, Larry, uh, but it looks like it's getting pretty late there for you. We would love, love, we don't ask every guest this, but we would love to have you on again. Uh, really great conversation. So if you're willing uh, and uh, able in the next couple months, uh, please do that. Uh, Rich, I'll give you la some, a couple of closing thoughts and then Larry, I'll give you the final word. Uh, but from my perspective, I couldn't, couldn't have, uh, I didn't expect this. We didn't really know each other. I'm sure we crossed paths at some point, but I really did enjoy the conversation. Enjoy getting to know you. That's why we enjoy doing these things because every once in a while we meet somebody that's like, ah, that's pretty, pretty cool what you do. You're a pretty cool uh, guy as far as how you approach uh, leadership. So thank you for sharing and being on the show. Rich, uh, some closing thoughts, and then we'll leave, let Larry have the last word here. 
Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the, t- the title of our podcast and what we do is Leadership Redefined. And Alan and I and our, our colleague uh, are about the business of redefining what leadership is about and in the business of training leaders, more specifically in the, in the uh, higher ed and, and um, K-12 world. Uh, but it's rare to find someone like you, very rare, he smiled, to yeah. find someone like you who exemplifies it, uh, what, we, what we think leadership should be about. And uh, that's why I appreciate what you shared with us and um, admire the, your energy and your, de- uh, your obvious devotion to making doing the right thing by the people whom you serve. Uh, and I, th- I really do think that in and among all those careers you have and have had, and the things that you're doing right now, there are there are uh, many nuggets within that that um, we should probably somehow codify and send out to people because we could show this podcast to a, a principal leadership training team tomorrow and they would be a whole heck of a lot of things they could learn from someone like you. Well, I just first like to say thank you both for having me on. I will absolutely come back uh, as often as you'll have me. Um, that's one. Two, I would love to collaborate with you if you – I, on, on anything you do from a research perspective to a white paper to beyond, happy to do that. Um, and I will say this, you know, we, in the midst of all this, uh, the traditional leadership uh, of a president at a major research university during a pandemic, we also had traditional leadership in, in my department where my former boss retired. Uh, and we had some, you know, cultural differences and cultural changes happening. And I'm just going to give you a, a little example of just one tiny thing I did. Uh, And it has paid dividends more than I ever could have expected. Um, In the week prior to taking over uh, in my role, I had my admin uh, go through the department directory and get every single person's birthday and put their birthday on my calendar. And every morning when I come in, uh, like I said, there's almost 300 people in the various divisions, from bus drivers to public safety officers, dispatchers and admins and in between. Uh, And I see whose birthday it is. And I just send them a quick email that mm. just says, just want to say happy birthday. Hope it's the greatest one ever. And I can't tell you how much people appreciate that. And it shows you that your most valuable resource is your human resource. If you take care of your people, they take care of you. And I can tell you that the survey I had sent out on my first day and where we were then and where we will be when the next one goes out in three months, it's like a completely different department. So, um, I'll just leave with that. Take care of your people. They'll take care of you. Be empathetic. Um, be a shoulder to cry on when it's needed. And don't be afraid to make decisions, even if they're wrong. No decision is a decision unto itself. Sounds like a uh, formula for success in leadership and also in life. So, Another uh, bumper sticker there. Oh, we, have a couple yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have a few. We're going to go back on this and we'll, 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 we'll uh, patent a few or trademark a few bumper stickers right. uh, for sure. Thank you so much, uh, Larry, for your time. Rich, as always, a pleasure. Uh, We'll be talking soon and uh, share away. Uh, Larry, share this as as often as you'd like and folks out there, share. And if you want to be a guest, uh, just connect with us, info at leadership redefined uh, at that education and uh, we will get you on and we'll send you a a quick invite. All right. Thank you so much. Great holiday. Be safe. You too, guys. Thank you very much. Take care.